Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, called A Worthy Walk. What's our calling? We've been called out of the world into Christ, and we have all this grand positional wealth. And now God is saying through Paul, now try to match up the walk to the wealth. That's how this division, when we laid out this division, we said that one way to lay it out is the first three chapters are the wealth of the believer, and now we move to the walk of the believer in four and five. And when we get to six, especially in starting in verse 10, we'll move to the warfare of the believer. And that'll be really important. But right now, we're in the walk part. So how do you walk? Well, here's how you do it. You do it, see it, verse two, with, what's the next word? Everybody got all in your Bible? And I've heard a lot of preachers say, the word all means all, and that's all that it means. So you are to do it with all, guess where it starts? If you want to walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called, you have to do it with all, what's the next word? Humility. There it is again. That word, humility. And you're to do it not with just some humility. (laughs) We'd like to say that, right? Couldn't it just be some humility, right? Does it have to be, isn't the Bible annoying sometimes? Let's be honest. It's, It's an all or nothing book, isn't it? It's always in your kitchen. I'm saying it's annoying to my flesh. I'm not dishonoring you, Lord. But sometimes you just go, Lord, is there any wiggle room here in these verses? Do all things without grumbling or complaining. So we're on the golf course, and you know all these guys go to the church to play golf, and so they've shortened Philippians 2.14 to P2.14. And so you hit a shot, ah, oh, for all rats, and a P2.14, Pastor. Walk and talk, talk and walk. You know, they're doing that kind of thing, Rats, why did I preach that on Sunday? Right? And then we're going around the golf course, and then it was this last time, it was change your face, right? Because we talk about Stephen being, having the face of the angel, and you hit a shot. Oh, that's rah, rah. And then somebody calls you on a sermon that you preached. Can you believe it? What, I'm not shining right now? You guys don't? Anyway. <laughs> so what does humility mean since we're supposed to do it with all humility? In the Hebrew picture language, the word is shock, and the Messiah is called the Mashiach, and the Messiah lowered himself, and that's what the word in in Hebrew means. Humility is to lower yourself, and on the night before Jesus died, he lowered himself, and he took a basin of water and took off his outer garment, and he began to lower himself and wash the disciples' feet to the degree that they were, I think, were all shocked. And the Messiah, the Mashiach, lowered himself and came from heaven to earth and he emptied himself and made, made, uh, came in the form of a bondservant, made in the likeness of men, and he emptied himself of the privileges and prerogatives of deity for a season. Why? To die for us even while we were yet Sinners. And so if you want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, you need to get low. The word in Hebrew means, humble means to destroy the wall. The word picture speaks of a person flat on their face in humility. 
When the wall of a, around a city is knocked down, when all defenses are gone, there is humility. Imagine an invading army and you're begging for your life. That's the picture. When you and I, says Frank Seekins, knock down the walls between ourselves and God, ourselves and others, when we leave nothing standing between us and them, this is true humility. If I keep up the walls, that is pride. And pride is sin, and that word for sin is chata, and it means to make your own prison. Humility means the walls get knocked down, and sin means you make your own prison. What beautiful pictures. And can it get any more clear? If I keep the walls up between myself and God, and we've had stretches where we've done that, for whatever reason, we don't understand something, we're angry about something, so we keep a wall up between us and God, and we don't want to hear it, and so pride keeps us from experiencing the fullness of that relationship. Or we have a wall up in a relationship with somebody else, and pride keeps us from resolving that issue, and remember, if you don't resolve the issue, then you don't have unity, which is what this study is all about, but when the walls come down, you have healing and then unity. And it, there's a cost. Because to let somebody back in when you've been wounded is humility. Humility is not only seeing yourself as you ought to see yourself, it's seeing others through God's eyes. It's seeing the value in others. You know, sometimes the reason we don't see value in others, get this, is because we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. So humility gives you a proper assessment of yourself and others. But when you're prideful, you can't see others the way God sees them because you're too busy looking down at everybody. But when you get low, here's the word picture, folks. You all of a sudden begin to see things on an equal plane. See, a lot of us, all of us can fight this pride thing. We think, you know what? Uh, we think we got it going on sometimes, and, and maybe sometimes it skews our vision. And Paul says, if you want to walk worthy, you got to do it with all humility. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes dishonor, but with the humble is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. You know, the Greeks and Romans didn't even have a word for humility. That's how much they despised it. They didn't think it was cool. They wanted, they wanted a strong man who had it all together. You lack nothing, right? But a strong man will at one point in his life become humbled. And the, the time he will become humbled is when he sees that he doesn't have it all together. God gives greater grace. It says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I've told you the story before, but I was preaching on Romans 12.3, and Paul wrote, for through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. And some years ago, our oldest son, who's up here leading worship, had a Boston accent. And we were, I was with a friend of mine who's about six foot two, three. And he looked at my friend, looked at me, looked at my friend, looked at me and said, hey, dad, why are you so short? And I thought, son, what would make you say such a nasty thing? But he was just a little kid anyway. But I, was, I laughed about it actually because I was preaching on Romans 12 that coming Sunday. God always has a way of doing that for me. Dad, why are you so short? Because that's the way God made me, son. <laughs> I hope you're taller than me. But the point is, we need to think of ourselves with proper assessments. And Jesus did just that. 
even though he was God, he humbled himself. If you want an example of humility, if you think humility is weak, take another look at Jesus. Humility is not weak. And the second word is with all, verse two, gentleness. That word is prates in Greek, and it means meekness or mildness. And, and people think that meekness is weakness, but meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. It's a word for a tamed horse. A horse that could destroy you with one of its kicks, but it's been tamed. It's power under control. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am meek. He was the ultimate example of power under control. Do you not know that I could send for 12 legions of angels right now and have a barbecue? That's a paraphrase. But then how will God's will be fulfilled? How will the scripture come to pass if I do that? Right? He was power under control. There's a story told about Joe Lewis. He was a championship boxer. He was on the back of a bus, and three teenage boys came in there, and they started giving him a bad time. Hey, hey, started talking about his mother. Yeah, 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 giving him a bad time. All right, boys, boys, all right, all right, calm down, okay. And, you know, they were trying to get him to get up and fight, and he, he didn't. And then he, the bus came to his off-ramp, and he got up, and he handed each of them a business card, and it said, Joe Lewis, professional boxer. And each of them went, Glow. it was like he said, okay, tough guys, I could destroy you, but I'm not going to do that. That's what meekness is. It's power under control. And Paul says, you need to do this. You need to live worthily with all meekness. Here's an application. Peter says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and reverence, or meekness and fear. That's an apologetics verse. What's the greatest temptation of an apologist when you win an argument? Oh, yeah, and take that too. But that's not meekness. You can have all this information. You can have won an argument, but you can lose a soul. That's why I have learned that once you get a cultist thinking about their wrong theology, give them a little bit of space. There's many levels that they're trying to figure out. Is everybody in my family wrong? Have I been duped by a cult? Give them a little space to think. But if you go in for the kill, aha, and one more thing, poof, right? You're gonna scare them away. That is an application of meekness. It's power under control. You don't have to unload all the guns all at once. That's, the, that's what the <laughs> young preachers tend to do. We come up to the pulpit, our first message, we're ever gonna, we're now we're going to preach the whole Bible in 45 minutes, right? All right, just keep a couple bullets in the gun. It's all right. You'll probably have another shot at it, okay? And if you try to preach the whole Bible in one message, you may not get another shot at it. And so we need to do it with meekness. That may mean that you have a situation where you could blast somebody with information you have. You could say, well, let me tell you something. And go into your laundry list of things. But you decide to put your gun in the holster. You decide, I'm not going to go there. And sometimes your flesh is going, oh, just say it. <laughs> just do it. And you'll feel so much better. Okay, boom. <laughs> right? But you can't take it back. And you may even be thinking at times in your, in your life and walk, this is legitimate for me to say. It's true. It's right. Yep. 
but is it helpful? What will it accomplish? What will make me feel better? I know that. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Unload all the guns all at once. That's, the, that's what the <laughs> young preachers tend to do. We come up to the pulpit, our first message, we're ever gonna, we're, now we're going to preach the whole Bible in 45 minutes, right? All right, just keep a couple bullets in the gun. It's all right. You'll probably have another shot at it. Okay? And if you try to preach the whole Bible in one message, you may not get another shot at it. And so we need to do it with meekness. That may mean that you have a situation where you could blast somebody with information you have. You could say, well, let me tell you something and go into your laundry list of things, but you decide to put your gun in the holster. You decide, I'm not going to go there. And sometimes your flesh is going, oh, just say it. <laughs> just do it. You'll feel so much better. Okay, boom. <laughs> right, but you can't take it back. And you may even be thinking at times in your, in your life and walk, this is legitimate for me to say. It's true. It's right. Yeah, but is it helpful? What will it accomplish? What will make me feel better? I know that. Now, we need to do this walking worthily with all humility, all gentleness. See the third word? It gets harder, folks. With implication, all what? Patience. Patience. Uh, literally, the word could be translated long-temperedness. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So what's the opposite of long-tempered? You got it. It's being short-tempered. So Paul says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, I know all mysteries and all knowledge. If I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, I'm doing good works, verse 3. If I deliver my body to be burned, I even become a martyr. 
but do not have love, it profits me how much? See how the Bible is all or nothing? The Bible doesn't say you get a little profit out of it. It says it's nothing. Love is, what's the first description of love? Love is patient. Love is patient. What does that mean? Well, when you look at the word patient, it actually speaks of not necessarily patient in circumstances, but more specifically, it means to be patient with people. Let me say that one more time. Patient with people. Now, we can get impatient with all kinds of circumstances, uh, waiting in lines, all that stuff, and, and certainly we've all experienced one level of that or another. But this word means to be patient with people, and it's actually an attribute that God extends to us because God is patient toward you, not willing that any should what? Perish, but all should come to repentance. How patient has God been with you? How patient has he been? How patient is he with the world of unbelievers? I mean, how many times, if, if you could describe God in human terms, would you say that God, if he had one of those switches like the president's supposed to have, you know, the button that just ends it all, boom. How many times a day do you think that that would be a temptation? Okay, it's over. It's over, <laughs> right? I'd be up there with my finger poised over that thing all day long. Or at least I'd aim it at individuals. <laughs> and so, love is patient. It means it suffers long. It's, it's slow to respond in a way that would destroy another. It's kind. It's not jealous. It does not brag. And then look at the final description there. It is not what? Arrogant. And then we come back full circle to pride again. Now back to Ephesians. So in this worthy walk, it's several things. It's all humility, all gentleness, all patience. And then the next phrase says, showing forbearance to one another. Showing forbearance to one another. Uh, This is a close expression to putting up with. However, Paul's use of the term has positive connotations. It describes being patient with the shortcomings of others. Often we ask God to be patient with our own failings and yet do not exercise this type of patience uh, ourselves. New King James Study Bible says that. This is showing forbearance. This is what you might call sanctified perseverance. It's putting up with somebody even though it's tough to put up with them. It's time to put up <laughs> or shut up, right? Because we can, we can complain all day long about how somebody is, but, but unity is about showing forbearance to one another. Remember that the whole scripture is about unity. How can we have unity if we don't show forbearance to one another? We are so diverse. Get this, we have the same father, spiritually speaking, Okay, so take it on a human level. Uh, A lot of you in the room have siblings. How much like your siblings are you? A lot of you are very different. Some of you are kind of alike, but you came from the same father and mother. How is it that you're so different? Yet you are brothers, but you have differences, but you're supposed to what? Still love each other. 
And so love is an accepting word. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, love means the father revealed. Jesenius tells us that this word means to desire or to breathe after. It's the word ahav. Jewish teaching uh, says that the sound of the deer panting after the water and of King David desiring God is heard in the sound ahav, or the Hebrew word for love. Try saying it as if you were panting and you will see what they mean. Ahav, ahav, ahav. That's the word love and it means the father revealed. The father is revealed through the church as the church pants after God. The father is on display. But when we're going after our own water brooks, if you will, we get in some trouble. And so look at these descriptors now. It says, we are to show forbearance to one another. This is how we do it, in love. And we are being diligent. That's a a present uh, uh, tense. It means we got to keep doing it. We need to Be diligent continually is the idea to preserve what? What are we preserving? The unity, verse three, of the spirit in the bond of peace. We must be diligent. NIV says make every effort. NEB says spare no effort. Uh, The NIV uh, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. ESV says, be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Why do you think that's so? Why do you think that Paul emphasized this so greatly in this passage? Why? Because if we don't do it, we lose our message. Think about marriage, for example. Marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ and his church, Christ and his bride. But when people get divided in their marriage, what happens? The message gets muddied. And then there's all these circumstances that follow in that wake. Now, sometimes that's out of your control. Some of you have been uh, wounded by that. You've experienced that and so on. But Paul is saying for the church, we have to endeavor and we do this To preserve the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's involved in our unity. How do we do it? In the bond of peace. The word bond means a joint, a ligament. It means the middle thing by which two or more things are joined together. You've been listening to A Worthy Walk, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. Hey, and if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow Walk in Truth on social media. We'd love to see who's listening. Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us at at Walk in Truth Show. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. You know, Paul called himself not a prisoner of Rome, but a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said, Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now, you might say, well, what's the deal with being a prisoner of Jesus? I thought Christians were free. I thought Jesus came to set us free. If the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. Well, he has come to make us free. But Paul was saying, hey, even though I'm in prison, I'm in prison for the cause of Christ. I'm here because of the gospel of Christ. And even though I'm in prison, I'm still free. And the word of God cannot be chained. It can't be stopped. It can't be locked up. And that's the point that Paul is making here in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, 
hey, we all face things and you know this world is a crazy place right now. And the question is, how do you persevere? How do you keep running with endurance when there's so many things uh, seeming, seemingly we are running against the wind, as the old song says. And uh, what do we do now? Well, we're going to have a men's conference at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor in the city of Corona with the theme, Run With Endurance. And this is for men to get built up and strengthened and come together. September 18th from 8 to 4 p.m., 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. There's going to be breakfast and lunch. It's $25. And if you sign up quickly enough, we'll make sure you get a T-shirt as well. And you can register when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Also, if you have any questions and you want to just uh, talk to somebody over the phone about the details, 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH to find out more about the men's conference called Run With Endurance, September 18th from 8 to 4. Hey, God bless you. I'd love to uh, have you come out to that. So get the details and sign up today and invite a friend. God bless you. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. Praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, could you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, called A Worthy Walk. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.